Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hello everyone, welcome to From Dial Square to Where. Hopefully that I'm not echoing, I'm not sounding like fucking Metal Mickey. Uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, be having some technical issues. If anyone when is watching, put some comments on, let me know what I'm sounding like. I don't know what I can do, but I can try. Thanks for joining us anyway. Ryan and Ryan, I think, oh, well, what am I going to call? I'm going to call you, uh, uh, I don't know, wanker and bastard. No, <laughs> I'm joking. People are trying to adopt a nickname for me. They sound like I'm, uh, I'm the Ganduzi groupie. After yeah. My, my little tirade about, well, I guess not tirade, that's like a negative thing. My, my, all the nice things I had to say about Ganduzi. Uh, <laughs> my personal fan circle podcast, which you guys should check out. But yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Ganduzi groupie for sure. Anyway, Ask Brothers Ryan, thanks for joining us again. It's a pleasure to have you back, and absolutely the same with you, Ryan, Mr. Arsenal89. So, thanks very much anyway, Undercover Jim. You said that I sound fine, so oh, yeah, well, that's yeah, a relief. Gonna we're going to echo, because you have the echo problem. So me and him are both going to echo. Well, the, the one of the viewers. I, I trust the viewer. I trust the viewer. <laughs> Says I sound right. I sound, I sound good. Oh, yeah, you do. You sound great, as always. <clears throat> anyway... Going to go through the Newcastle game, some thoughts, general thoughts on that. I'm going to have a bit of a talk about my previous comments about Eddie and Ketia. And then we'll go on to the Greeks and we'll go on to Everton. Okay. So, we were just off air talking about the Newcastle game. I was really, really pleased to be there. It was our first game in a while. And... Personally, I was really happy. I mean, I was happy with the 90 minutes, to be perfectly honest. I know the first half was boring to a lot of the viewers, but I thought we were pretty much controlling it um, without sort of creating too much chances. But I thought um, we were just sussing them out. It was our first game for two weeks, and um, I thought we were in control. And I really, really was very impressed in the first half by Ceballos, personally. So. Let's go around clockwise. I can normally do. Ask Brothers Ryan. 
what what were your thoughts on the game overall? Um, yeah, like you said, it's you can't. It's hard to dominate for ninety minutes, but you know, tell two halves, same old Arsenal, I guess, kind of. But um, still, really pleasing. I, I I took a lot of slack, especially for my brothers. But uh, I I thought Ozil was actually pretty good in the first half. I'm not good, but he was. You could tell he was trying a little, a little more than he usually does. He's linking up play. He's making pretty good dribbles, good, good ball moments, passing. Um, and I thought Saka was phenomenal in the first half too. Um, but you know, two players is not gonna, not gonna carry the first half. So in the end, I didn't do that great. But I think Arteta, which I'm sure we'll get into, but Arteta's game plan and his tactics are a little more complex than people think. And I think it took them a little bit to kind of. Put it in motion to get it, get it, get it flowing. Mm. I, I was never worried that we weren't going to win the game. Put it that way. I mean, a lot of people I've heard um, on other podcasts and everything saying, "Well, it had nil nil written all over it at half time." I, I never got that impression personally. Not, I mean, not maximum. Was, maximum was putting Bellerin on toast for like a good part of the game. I was worried about that. Because he, I mean, I've seen him play here and there, and like he's always something like, "Yeah, he's all right," like whatever. He's a good player. He's young. I mean, I'm just saying, get Zaha out of here. Bring that, bring that guy in. Bring Tim Maxwell. Well, you know what? I, I I was worried about it, but I wasn't worried in the fact that uh, that Bellerin wasn't playing well or anything like that. I wasn't worried about his, uh, you know, te- Bellerin's ability. I'm I'm still of the opinion we're not going to see the best of Bellerin for, until next season. Yeah, but I I was worried because he's a he's a very exciting player and very dangerous player. And I think he'll have a lot of um, right backs on toast for you know throughout the season, as I'm sure he has already. But you know who he looks like? His shape, his body shape. He looks like SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> he's, he's like he, he's like a he's like a he's like a fridge with legs. You know, he's he's like a really odd shape. Anyway, when you see him like close up, but uh, he's a very good player, very dangerous. He's he's very much similar, not as in form or as good quality, but he's like a, an Aldi version of um, Traore, isn't he, from Wolves? But, you know, quite a, quite a similar sort of... Traore is yeah. massive. Oh, he's massive, I know, exactly. But he's he's very similar. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years he, he takes off a bit like Traore has and he gets snapped up by someone else, to be perfectly honest. But um, everyone, I know that the Newcastle fans absolutely adore the guy. He's the type of player that you want to pay to, to watch, and he's very exciting. But <laughs> I think Saka was outdid him uh, the weekend. Anyway, Ryan, Mr. Arsenal, Ryan, what, do, what were your thoughts on the, the game overall? Well, I the game two halves, but the first half, was, first 20 minutes, Newcastle, you, you were, it's like we were letting Newcastle come at our defence. Unlike under Emery and near the end of Wenger's time at Arsenal, I didn't think we would concede because how Arteta says it's coming as literally tore foundation down and built again. So everyone's now defending as a team. So I didn't have that concern. And then second half, well, we all know it was like who, who was going to be around that because obviously Saka got man in that. Pepe, two assists, two goals. Like I said, two foot of the goal. Even the Ozil scored for crying out loud. I know, that's mad. Even with his little ponytail, his little bam bam look. Actually, as we've discussed on social media, 
actually worked. The midfield partnership of him and Xhaka actually worked. And that was my slight concern because I've, I've always seen him as more of a more creative, more, more forward thinking player. But the second half, we saw more of that in the second half. He started getting his foot on the ball and dictating not only the tempo, but where the passes were going, what the play was like. So, mm. In general, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy. And as you said last week, a thumping was coming from us. Mm. It just it had happened a few days later. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks because I've just felt like it. And uh, like I said, he's built um, this team in his own style from the ground up. And he's built the, a solid defence first, got us into a, a really sort of, um, I don't know, a safe way of playing, if you like. Just a, it's, it's, Every team is built on a good defence, right? And he's done that, and I knew, I just knew that with the, the, the quality that we've got at the top of the pitch, once he's happy with the defence and they know what they're doing as a team, to defend as, as a team, then the rest will come. And I've just felt like that a couple, for a last couple of, well, more than a couple of weeks really. But um, yeah, I was pleased to <laughs> to actually be at the game when it actually all came around in the, in the second half. But um, when the team was announced... Um, the only surprise, really, well, I was delighted with Sabayos. Everyone knows you, I've not hidden my thoughts about Sabayos, have I? Let's I face really it. I really thought he was supposed to last 11. I was like, oh, baby. I, I know, was... I know. Uh, uh, well, uh, I'd like to think that he's, he's got one stage of the way of, you know, hopefully trying to stay here. Because, like you said last week, Ryan, his time's running out. And I, I didn't think he was going to get the chance, but I was delighted when I saw that. But obviously the main surprise to me was um, Nketiah, not with Lacazette being dropped. That I think everyone's been saying that for the last couple of weeks, that um, he needs to be sat down. But um, that in more ways than one, it, it was in place of Martinelli. Um, so, like I said, I'm going to go on to my thoughts um, about uh, Eddie shortly, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's 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 had a lot of uh, stick that I've heard for his performance, Eddie and Ketty. What what do you think, uh, Ryan, Mister Arsenal, Ryan? What do you think about uh, Eddie? Were, were you shocked when he was uh, on the team sheet? And what do you think about his performance overall? I was surprised. Lacazette, I agree he should have been bent, but I, I would have thought Martinelli would have been the one to take his place, like in the sense of part of that three instead of Eddie. In the first half, it took a bit of time for Eddie to get involved and have a bit of say in the game. Again, again the second half, he came out a completely different player and he was, he was more involved and he almost scored. Let's not forget that. He went for the goalkeeper. That was a, that was, he would have scored the first goal. Mm. So, Absolutely. I remember, he's, he's what, 18, 19? He's, he's still young he's he's in his trade, so he's got to give the guy a chance. But I tell you, good, but you've got to get, got to get, up, get not get not get on his back unless you just give him a chance. Yeah. Get behind the guy. If you can get, be, I, get behind Martinelli, why can't you get behind another youth product? What's, that's because one from Brazil and one isn't. Hmm. Well, I, there's, a reason, there's, a sorry, Leeds, sorry, there's a reason why Leeds fans were kicking off when, when Leeds sent him back to us. 
Well, I I saw a stat, and I, I really I'm gutted because I can't find it. I would have just, just said I'm not just making it up. Apparently, since he's been in our first team, Eddie and Ketty has taken, um, and this was before the match against Newcastle. He's taken. He took ten shots at goal, and five were on target, and he scored four goals. So, if he gets a chance, he will score. I, I totally, totally believe that he's, he's a goal scorer. Um, before I go into any more on that, what's, what were your thoughts, um, Ask Brothers Ryan, about um, the team sheet when it came out, and in particular? Um, Eddie being on it. Uh, I I don't know. I think I think Lacazette is not on form. Wasn't on form. Um, so bringing Eddie on the surface sort of made sense. When you think about it, Eliza and Mani, Oh, Martin, but then again, we'll get into like the tactics, watching the tactics throughout the game. I kind of understood why Obama was left wing, but um, yeah, I mean. He needs games, you know. We we brought him back from that and didn't check back out on a long. He's got to play. We need to give give it somehow, some way. And I think uh, the guy from the podcast Newcastle is like the least threatening team in the Premier League, least attacking team in the Premier League. So the worst attacking team sounds better. Um, so this is the perfect opportunity for him to be deployed for us. Striker. Yeah. Stand the man. Thanks for watching, Stan. As much as I would love to see a striker come through our academy and do well, I just don't see a time where Eddie will be our first choice number nine, unfortunately. His game is very one-dimensional. Now, I'll just explain, because I, I said a few weeks ago, and I listened to the a Burkamp Wonderland podcast last week. I think it was the, the one immediately after the game. And... Um, they mentioned my what I said the, uh, on the previous uh, podcast, and that was that I can see Eddie being a twenty to thirty goal a season striker. And now they didn't not they were taking the piss out of me or anything, but I think uh, it was a bit of tongue in cheek comments. I wanted to explain that a little bit more and why I think that because there's certain things uh, as a footballer you can't really teach, and, and one of them is very much. Um, the intelligence on the football pitch and, and cr creating that little bit of space for yourself and, and spotting it coming up and almost um, through your through your runs that you make it's very hard to explain but through the runs that you make it's almost telling your um, your teammates where you want the ball before the you know the past it's just through the runs that you make and the movements that you make I think he's got a lot of that in abundance I've spotted it now, I'm going to give like, I mean, some of them are obviously quite old, but there's loads of examples. But three examples I, I would use like Ian Rush, Gary Lineker, Michael Owen, are just three people that goal scorers didn't have a lot else to their game at all. At all. They weren't skillful, they weren't out there taking players on, they weren't doing stepovers, they weren't doing any of that. They just did the right place at the right time and they scored bucket loads of goals. If we, the, the only issue we've got is what Stan said. 
will he have a good run in the team to prove himself? It's very, very difficult to even consider that with the people we've got in our squad. If he was to be given that chance, he would need to be the type of striker whereby, yes, he would need to press from the front, but that's it. You know, the rest of the time he needs to be on the shoulder of the last defender, ready to pounce. If we could build our team so that we had, say for example, Pepe on the right, Martinelli on the left, or Saka on the left, or whoever, but they were just feeding the ball into the box, I I am really confident that he would be in the right place at the right time, to just, just to stick them away. Nothing special, not like, you know, sticking them into the top corner, doing anything, but he would just score tap-in after tap-in, if the team was set up to do it for him. Maybe more like a, a 4-3-3 type of formation. His age doesn't come into it. Look at what Michael Owen did when he burst onto the scene at 18. Look at Mace. People are like raving and falling over themselves and sucking off Mason Greenwood at Man United. He's only 18. They're, they're all, I've heard a lot of professional pundits say he should be taken to the Euros as a backup striker as well. He's 18. I, say, I don't see anything special in, in that guy, but he probably is a... Uh, a born goal scorer. I don't know. It's yet to be proven. But he's, I think Eddie's tw uh, 20 now, but the chances that he's had on loan and with us, his, his figures actually stand up. But people are writing him off already and getting to Newcastle, it's his Premier League debut. And everyone's saying, I don't think he's a Premier League striker. He's not an Arsenal striker. Blah, 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 blah. And then I don't see anyone backing it up with any kind of reason for that. Why? What, because he's from our academy? I don't know. He's not like a, a, a Ronaldo-type player who takes people on and who gets people off their seats. And I think that's the bias that people have got against him, personally. Andrew, I don't, I don't, I don't just think it's against him in particular. I think, it's a, as you said, it's a myth that the media and all that, they're suck, as you said, they're sucking off Mason Greenwood. He's doing nothing. He's done, he ain't done nothing this year to worthy this trade that he's getting. Like he should be going to the Euros for England, this, that, and the other. Nothing more than what Eddie's done. But no. Because, because he's not playing for Arsenal, they're praising him. If Eddie was at any other club, any other academy, at any other club, he'd get praised. He'll be the same with all of our guys, basically. Saka would get a lot more praise. And. Joe Willett, for example, he's played a lot of games this season. Where, where's he's praised? He's no, no none of them have any, really. Yeah, yeah, you've got Mason Mount, who was playing at Derby County for quite a last year. Really, he's on the bench on Monday evening. He's not going to be their biggest home game of the season, let's be honest. But he's, he should be in the squad. I know. He's an Arsenal player. It's a, it's a media thing. And it, it's not just... Play as well. It's everything in general. I mean, look at the Man City situation. To be banned, and it, media again, like oh, they've got, they're overturned. They can't, they can't be banned. No matter what anyone says, Man City have broken rules. We tried to get around it, and certain rules that they've all, everyone has agreed to. So if we've done that, the media will be hanging us to the front and centre. It's, it's an absolute disgrace. It does, it does my head in. So, yeah. We say something, we say this, and we're, like, we're, we're being spoiled. And we say, no, we're just saying it, we see how things are, and we say it how it is. And we're mm. just being treated like we're 
Well, has always hated us. George Graham once said in famous it's on the 89 DVD, the media want us to fail. They want. It was even after what the Battle of Old under George Graham. The media, the media wanted that. They want us to fail. They want us to flop now. We need to prove them wrong. We're, we're fighting against. Me. It's going back years and years and years. It hasn't changed. No, stupid. I don't think it ever will. I think, it's, uh, I, I, not even with my Arsenal hat on, I think there's very few young players, teenage players, that have made an impact in the same way that Saka has this season, especially playing out of position and learning it on the job. Hmm. And um, okay, the play? players have had so much more praise than he has. I've, I've hardly heard any, any praise whatsoever for Saka. But there you go. I'd, but he, uh, Good. The problem, Let him go under the radar. I don't mind one bit. Don't give him any praise. No. Don't, don't let teams uh, for him. I don't very care. good point. Very good point. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, he's still on the trainee player's wage, isn't he? Uh, uh, he's still on the trainee. Yeah. Player. He's making peanuts. I think uh, I, I've got no worries that he's going to sign a new contract, personally. I think he's Arsenal through and through. And yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we need to do it quickly, though, and get... <laughs> Get, get a big book. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, definitely. Big, the thing, big. The one thing I will say, going kind of back to Eddie, I, it's tough because as someone, I've been playing striker all my life, so I kind of know the ins and outs of it, and I see what he does in the field. He makes great runs. He's a smart player. Um, but I don't think that's good enough for this club. Um, kind of what Stan said in the comments, he's very enthusiastic. And his composure isn't all that there a lot. And also, too, a big thing that I think people are looking is, again, I, I'm going to keep going back. This is going to be like the thing I keep talking about. Arteta's tactics do not suit him. He's not going to make it in this club with Arteta's tactics. With, he likes to have um, a hardworking striker and kind of make his own chances, not someone who's going to make good runs in the box and, and get, get it, uh, a lucky tap in. Because I think that's what he's good at. He's good at knowing where to be at the right time, knowing how to play striker, knowing where to be in certain situations when wingers have the ball, Central Mifler has the ball. Um, but just, I just, the, the instructions that Arteta was giving Nick, uh, Eddie was that um, it, it, I just don't think he's ready for it. It's a little more physical thing in the Premier League, and I just don't think his, his body's ready for it. Because he doesn't really play, but, you know, he doesn't really play, and I, I'm not going to, I'm going to doubt him. And maybe he, he is going to be ready next season. I, I don't know, but um, I just don't think his tactic, his um, excuse me, I don't think Eddie's play style suits Arteta's tactics, and vice versa. Well, that it leads me on to my next point, really, and it's a very sad one for me, but I I agree, and I really hope that I'm uh, proven right about Eddie, but oh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it will be for Arsenal. And that's the sad thing for me, because I, I really, really like him, and I am very, very confident that he will go on to be a great goal scorer. Um, but I don't agree that he hasn't got the composure. Absolutely don't agree with that. But I don't think he will ever get a chance at Arsenal long term. And... Um, I don't see him breaking through with us. And, yeah, for that... I think it just comes down to tactics. I don't think his composure is that bad, like I agree, but, like, the chance he had when he hit the crossbar, 
you have like he has to score that. Like, no, uh, how old you are? Can you wa- watch? I urge you, urge you, urge you, urge you to watch that again. Watch that back because that is a lot harder than you think. And if he had scored that, that would have been some goal. It was slight. It was the way that it came to him, slightly behind him. He knew that he got his on on over the top of it, but I think it was a lot harder chance than uh, than you actually remember. Because I've watched it back a couple Maybe. of times, and I think, blimey, if that had actually gone in, that would have been incredible. He did really well to actually get it as close to the goal as he did because of the way that he had to adjust his body and um, sort of it was almost behind him slightly. So yeah, I don't blame him for that, but that doesn't count uh, even count for the the shots on target that he's had. And uh, yeah, his, his stats for that are very very strong. But, like I said, everything that I've said, I totally stand by, and I, I'm, I'm certain that I will be proven right one day. Don't know which club it will be for, though, and that's the problem. And I'm really sad about that, because I, I just can't see him fitting into Arteta's team, because I, I think he would have to be in a 4-3-3 uh, with, with service, purely service, and the two wide players purely told just to, say, just to get the ball to Eddie, and um, he, don't give Eddie any more... Um, tasks other than being in the box on the on the shoulder of the last man and just get onto the end of chances. If he gets that a team that will do that for him, I think he will. I hope he great. Take I off. Think he'll be really good. Yeah. Honestly, I do. And I, he hasn't got all the skill in the world or anything. He's not one of those guys who gets you off your seat, like I said. But he will be there at the right place at the right time. And I just wanted to explain that a bit more because of um, my, my thoughts on that. But. Yeah, I, I totally agree with a lot of what you said, what Stan has said in some respects. I don't think he'll get he'll do it with us, and I, yeah, it's a shame. Um, but if he gets a few more games between now and the end of the season and get, gets in more and more in the shop window, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against trying to get as much po- as possible for him in the summer because a young English striker would command quite a decent salary... Um, uh, fee and I, I think we'll actually get listen this may sound weird as well because of the amount of um we got for Iwobi. I could see us with and it would purely purely be on potential. Hopefully he might get a few goals for us between now and the end of the season. But I can see us getting a similar fee, maybe not quite as much, but a similar fee, maybe around a twenty five thirty for Eddie because of his potential and his age and his nationality. So Fingers crossed, he does get more of a chance, gets a few goals, and I, I would actually cash in in the summer. And I, I don't like saying that, but I think I, I definitely would. I mean, the bright side we have to look at, like, yeah, he has the Arteta tactics and all that mumbo-jumbo, but the bright side for any fans out there that, like, think he's going to make it, Arteta blocked him. I think he was supposed to get loaned out to Bristol City when we were called the leads. Arteta said, no, no, Arteta saw something in him that was like, I want him here, I want him in this club. So Arteta obviously sees something in him that he could do for us now and see something that he could do for us really, whether people have written it off or not, whether he can make Europa, make Champions whatever it is. Arteta sees something in Eddie. So I think that's definitely a positive. So I think, and the things that Arteta has done with this, some of these guys in the team is pretty incredible. So mm. to see what he can do with Eddie, I'm very intrigued about, I'm excited about, and I, I'm not, I didn't write it, I'm not with, Writing, I'm not written. I'm not writing off Eddie yet. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, let me just scroll back up here. Um, there's a question in the box. Uh, Carrie Tannen, thanks for watching, Carrie. 
You put should they try Martinelli for Ozil's position? It's just an interesting one. I I would say he's more than capable of doing that personally. Not yet though. Uh, but I would, and I've said this loads of times, and I think. I was really enjoying watching him on uh, on Sunday as well. Pepe, you remember me saying about Pepe working in that space behind the strikers? He was doing that so much more on Sunday. Did you notice? Yep. And my God, was he dangerous. And I see him being able to do that longer term when Ozil potentially leaves. Uh, but I really hope... And I don't like blocking any of our uh, youngsters' uh, route to the first team, but I, I'm, I just really hope I, that we can get someone like a, a Jack Grealish to play in that role personally. Yeah, because I, I don't want. Either, yeah. We don't need a number ten, and I don't think any club needs a number ten anymore, do they? And he does so much more than that. He's played because obviously, me where I live. It's pretty much in uh, my kids. My kids live, especially. It's in the heartland of Villa, and I know that he's played as number six. He's played as a number eight. He's played as a number ten, and he's played wide, um, left and right. He can yeah. play anywhere, and I would see him again, ideally in a number in a, a three man midfield. Um, I'd be really interested to see as um, the time goes what Arteta's plans are for this team because. If he does persist with a four-two-three-one, then it's quite hard to see, you know, where the best place would be to play a Grealish, for example. But uh, in a four-three-three, I think it'd be absolutely incredible. But to answer Carrie's question, I don't, I don't think Martinelli would be ideal for that. I think he's more than capable of it. But I would love to see him as the long-term successor to Aubameyang in, you know, in the team as a striker or playing as, as he was from the left. What about you guys? Um, Ryan, Mr. Arsenal Ryan first. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> like you said, I see, I see him more of a, a striker. He's a goal scorer in the day. Mm. I'd, yeah, I'd prefer, I'd prefer him to be the long-time successor, like you said, of a Bamiang. He's just, he, he seems to thrive Look, in going down the middle. He's, he, we saw that against Chelsea. Literally got the ball and just ran with it. He was. If you put him in that number, ten, that number ten role, he sort of cuts, it sort of cancels out that sort of part of his game. And I just want him to do do best that he can in the best position that he can. And that is the literally as a, as a striker, so that centre forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get me wrong. I just. He's got the ability to adapt, but I don't want him to do that because he's such a raw talent and what we've seen so far is so exciting. I don't want him to have to hold back, so to speak, in a number, in a number 10 role. Whereas if he plays in the natural position, either a winger or a striker, at that moment in time he's a winger, but if he was moulded into a striker, he could literally just let loose and give the defence hell, basically. He's already mm. doing that now. Imagine what he can do as he gets, as he, he gets older. He's 18. He's 18. People don't go on about his age, do they? <laughs> you know, uh, because, no, no, I mean, it's like um, people say, oh, Willock's too young, or so-and-so. I'm not comparing their 
technical ability in their ceiling and their quality at all. But yeah, it, it just. But I, you know, I want a front three that aren't stuck to one position. Yeah. I want them. I want them to be able to do what they want and have the intelligence to to sort of fill in the spots. You know, if if say Pepe comes in from the right. Um, to have a go on the left or in the centre. I want the guy who's in the, cent- the centre to go and go over to the right to cover him. I want a mul- I don't want a front three whereby they are rigid. And uh, desperately for Pepe, I desperately don't want him to do that. And I've given my reasons before. I don't want him to be too one-dimensional. And I don't want people to be able to read him too much. And I, I think um, he's very. He is clearly very left-footed, but he can use his right a lot. Yeah. It's much better than people think. And he scares the living daylights out of defences, and I don't want him just to say, "Well, right, you stick over there on the on the right, the right hand side." I want him to be able to roam, because he will be devastating, like that. And I see very much um, Martinelli being the same. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. We're, um, and that, and that, that would cancel that if he was a bit, again. That's what I'm saying. If he was to be put back in another ten role, that would cancel out Martinelli's ability to. He's, he's a, Change the game plan and everything. Whereas, as you part of that three, be like Liverpool. We have Mane, uh, Salah, Firmino. They interchange. They literally, one comes out, they fill the spots. As you said, it's, and I want because you want the, you want defences of every of every opponent to be second guessing what's like, not knowing what's coming basically. And no. Pepe, and it, again, I'm so happy about Pepe all season. Everyone, every, most much of our fan base, I oh, wish we should have got Zaha. I never wanted Zaha, by the way. He's already beaten Zaha in all the statistics. I never wanted Zaha. No, no, neither did I. Neither did I. No, he's a, he, not only does he dive, but he's just he's not good enough. End of. He's a Palace for a reason. He flopped at Man United. David Moyes, Man United for a reason. Hmm. Van Hal didn't want him. Nevertheless, we've got... We're now starting. As the season's gone on, and now we've got a set of system where... All the players are saying the communication is now key. We know what we, what we know with respect to us from the head coach of Marteta. We know what the game plan is. We know everything we need to know going into mm. going that long, white line. And we now start to see the benefits of what Pepe can give to us. I mean, he, that second half, Pepe absolutely, every time he looked at the ball, he looked threatening. I know. And do you know what's gone unnoticed? I, I've listened to every Arsenal podcast, I think, since the Newcastle game. And not one person has mentioned on um, the Lacazette goal how unselfish Pepe was. Yeah. Giving he gave him that goal. Yeah, yeah. You again watch that back. He could have easily curled that in with his left. He was on the perfect position on the side, the edge of the six-yard box to curl that round the goalkeeper and into the far corner. Yeah. No way would he, uh, in in the normal circumstances, have given that up. He would have done that. He's, he was on. So much good form, and his confidence was really high. He would have done that, but he he saw how clear that Lacazette was, and he just rolled it across to him to give him the goal because that, it's just teamwork, and he knew how badly Lacazette needed that goal. And I I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I thought that is so. I just just uh, overjoyed because that just shows you, and you can see one what happened after Lacazette scored and, and the celebrations. What yeah. the squad the squad has become. Under Arteta, it's. I mean, it's it's just chalk and cheese from when Emery was there. I mean, look at Lacazette's goal at the end of what game was it when he scored in the last minute to get a draw, and he 
it can, just put yourself in that position for one second and then well it is now the team spirit the team unity the camaraderie everyone loves each other again and everyone is is playing for each other and you, you look back to what it was just a few short weeks ago and it's just unbelievable the change and that that for me is phenomenal and so makes me so happy to see you could tell like the squad was almost happier than Lacazette when Lacazette scored. The squad went crazy when he yeah. scored. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think that's also part of the reason why like Pepe wanted to give to Lacazette. I think everybody was just kind of like, all right, like they need to score. Like, let's go. Well, that's so, it. Really exciting. That's it. It's almost the same as that. I mean, in that position, it was almost the same as um, Aubameyang giving Lacazette that penalty last season. Uh, or Aubameyang yeah. giving Pepe the penalty to his first Arsenal goal. Well, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah exactly. And that makes me really happy to see that sort of thing because um, it, it was obvious for me to see that he literally just gave Aubameyang that goal and it was obviously lucky the way it went in in the end. But um, everyone's been saying the last few weeks, oh, he just needs to score one off his arse. And it was at least it was better than being off his arse. You know? <laughs> and uh, my bloody hell, did you see the size of Danny Rose's arse? Oh my God! You had to, you know, it used up a lot more energy to run round Danny Rose, you know, during the match because of the size of it. You know, it's, it's like running around a block. But um, anyway, my God, he's such a white. I hate Danny Rose so much. I have to show you how shit he was at the at the weekend. Touching what you said about our, what our, our set of done, and this, and this is what frustrates me, Jamie Carragher. The oh my god. You can anyone anyone that knows football, apart from Jamie Coke apparently, can see what Arteta's doing. Like I said earlier, earlier on in the show, literally he's come in, stripped whatever crap was in the, in, the, in this squad at the first place, and he's had to rebuild straight away. And we are to fit. Where's the how many goals we can see the Arteta? Hardly any. I know. And it literally every time, every time we as a team attacking us, it's not we're not there like oh here we go here we go we're going to see we're going to see. No, I'm not worried anymore. No, exactly. But uh, Jamie Carragher, oh no. No, but he's not even had the balls to even try management. I mean, can you make uh, Gary Neville? Doesn't ever criticise managers anymore because he's a fucking shit manager. Look what happened to him at Valencia. Yeah. You know, but Jamie Carragher hadn't even got the balls to even try it. No. So, and Roy Keane was even more annoying than Jamie Carragher. Oh, look at them fucking celebrating that goal like you fucking winning against Newcastle United. Well, go about going to fucking kiss my arse, you big fucking Irish cunt. You know, because. That's why him and Fergie never got on. I, d- I can't remember who it was. I do apologise. Another you know, one of these podcasts I listened to earlier on about um, you know after the game, but one of them said that I think it might have been Jason actually on the Burkett Wonderland. He says, "Well, he was celebrating like a little bitch when he won the FA Cup against Millwall on the pit on the after, and he and he got the the balls to criticise us after the run that we've been on this the shit season we've had under Emery yeah. and the improvements we've made." You think you, you don't think we're going to be happy after a four 0 win? 
you know, turning around all those drawers and all the shit we've had. He, I don't honestly, he's just like, he's still back in the 90s, that stupid oh, cunt, yeah. you know. I'm so happy anyway. that on my TV in America. I don't oh, worry about that. Mate, um, and I, I, I will never, ever criticise the way he was as a player because he was a leg legendary player, you know, although he was, a, you know, I was reminded again of the, the, the Haaland tackle when he, he openly admitted that he went out to actually really harm Alfinger Haaland and um, that makes me sick, you know, because anyone that would ever, do it, he, he literally should have got put in prison for that as GBH mm. and he came out and admitted that he wanted to do it and he, he did it and he smashed his leg in smithereens and mm. um, that's just, that should be a police thing for me to be perfectly honest but anyway that's by the by but as a player he was fantastic and i'll never forget those just looking in, in at the uh, in the tunnel at him squaring up to patrick Vieira, and that's just like one of the, the all-time legendary sort of oh, scenes God. and pictures isn't it and uh but anyway yes yeah, carragher and and him can just fucking kiss my ass um so that's my head because I, I, sorry, I, just, I see our situation is similar to when Klopp took over at Liverpool. The situation he, because they were leaking goals, they weren't. They were, they were literally the situation we're in, in the sense of not. They weren't in Champions League football, constantly Europa League, leaking goals left, right, and centre. And that's what where we are now. But and everyone gave Klopp play straight from the off. What in, in the media sense is that it's like unless we, our fan base, praises our setter. He doesn't get no praise at all. Just because, again, like we've said before, just because it's it's Arsenal, it's, it's a fashionable thing to beat us over the head with it. I know. It, it absolutely drives me absolutely bizarre. And we I see know. Tottenham struggling against God knows what oh. week in week out. But no, How happy are you that Son is injured now as well? Oh well, it's the season over. At least we're finished about them this year. Uh, I don't want to say happy, but I'm definitely uh, I'm not not sad. Well, he's not, he's not dead. Uh, he's just going to be out for a while. So I think we can be happy about that. But, he, I mean, everyone, oh, he's not that sort of player. He's fucking, I mean, did you see what um, Maguire did at the, at the weekend? Oh, it's the best way. Right? Yeah. Mm. Now, Son did that, didn't he? And yeah. uh, I can't remember who it was against. Against Chelsea. Yeah, it was. It was against Chelsea. And what did the press say about him? Oh, he's not that sort of player. He wouldn't have meant that. Nice. But literally, if he would prior to that, he broke someone's leg. Exactly. Exactly. If you freeze frame the picture of him going for that challenge, it doesn't look it doesn't look hard. What's the difference between that challenge that Son did and broke that guy's leg to Aubameyang's challenge where he got sent off and it wasn't rescinded? Like Son's yeah, Son was crying on the pitch. That's probably why. Exactly. He's, he's, oh, no, no, so, it was Ever, did he, he broke, Ever, it was Everton, wasn't it? It was Gomes, that was last year. Am I right? It was a while ago. Am I right, though? It's this season, though. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, that while yeah. Right, he, he, at the time, he didn't get a booking, or he may have got a booking, but it wasn't a sending off. Then, it was, it was looked at by VAR, and it got changed to a red, because of the severity of the injury. Yeah. Then... They appealed it, and he got the and the ban was overturned, right? Yep. yep. So, <laughs> oh, but we don't get anything like that for 
you know, Aubameyang's tackle or anything. No, 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 no. There's no grounds. There's no grounds for appeal. I, I just don't... I... Yeah, because that's uh, Ryan said it before. Because you had a little cry in the pitch. Like, no, no, not me, no. I know. He's a smiling, crying little fucking bitch. That's all it takes. You cry in the pitch once, you're seen as like the nicest guy in the world. And then if you do a fucked up thing, it's like, oh no, he's not like this. Did you see him crying in the everything game? Yeah, well, no, he is like this. I know, and Stan, the man, has just said here about Maguire said that he extended, I heard the thingy, he he said he extended his leg to stop the player falling on him. (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah, I saw that. Jesus Christ. He should have, the player should have got, you know, put, put his like, chest on it, on his arm, put his arms out and just gone out like, oh, like some kind of fucking yoga thing or whatever. <laughs> the only thing I will say, as much as I, I can't, I hate Manu with a passion, the one thing I will say is that's karma for Chelsea. Chelsea, that shit against us, Jorginho should have got sent off, and Jorginho then follows up and scores. Manu, Maguire should have yeah. sent off, Maguire scores against them. So, fuck you, Chelsea, that's karma, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have put it better myself. Last thing, really, I'm going to talk about on this. I think there's so much to uh, regarding individual performances against Newcastle. In fact, I'm going to touch. I said last thing on two things. Firstly, I I mentioned Sabios earlier and how nice it was to see him on the team sheet. I I had such a good year. I I said, right, I'm going to really watch closely watch Sabios here, and I ended up closely watching Mesut Ozil as well during the game. And the reason for that was the way that they were linking up. And they linked up so well. And Sabios, and I, I tweeted about it, I think, really brought the best out of Ozil. And I think it was probably Ozil's best performance of the season for me. I, I honestly think it was. I think so. And I, I think that Sabios was the reason for that, because... Well, I've said all along about Ceballos being the perfect player, haven't I, Uh, to play in front of the back four, to take the ball and progress it up the field because he's so press resistant. Uh, He's he's really quick on the turn. You know, he hasn't got loads of bags of pace, but like I said, you don't need bags of pace to play that sort of role. You don't need to be lived for Christie to play that sort of role because look at um, Michael Carrick is a good example. He had no pace ever. But he was one of United's best midfielders, wasn't he, at the time, throughout that period, because of the way that he controlled the ball, turned and, and laid the ball. He always made the, the right decision and the, and the right pass at the right time. So Bias is more talented, much more talented than um, Michael Carrick, but he could do a very similar role a lot better. But he doesn't need to have that burst of, of pace, but he can, he can sort of turn and get away from a player and give himself a couple of yards very, very, very quickly and very well. And um, the way that he was linking up with Ozil was quite brilliant, I thought, to be perfectly honest. And I think as as a fan base, we need to reassess the way we see Ozil now, because he's not going to be the same player that he was. That's clear to see. But because we're going to have him for the rest of his contract... And I will always say that he's not going anywhere until his contract runs out. We need to see him the way that he's playing now because it, it's so difficult because I change my mind every fucking week about this guy. But 
last week I said he, he's had his chance <laughs> and he needs to be dropped. But after that performance on, at the weekend, you say, well, he still has got things to offer the team, hasn't he? Uh, but he's not. Oh, but he's not. This, no, 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 no. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fall into the trap. I'm promise you yeah. now. It However, sounds like you're falling right in. It sounds no, like, no, no, no. Like you're in bed taking your taking we're, your off, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> it like I don't, I don't kiss frogs, but <laughs> but he's um, we're stuck with the guy, right? But and we we can't just sit bench him for the rest of his contract. We've got to use him. But if we we're going to have to, then we need to reassess the way we watched him play because he needs to be. I don't know. I, I don't know how to sort of say. It. We, he needs to just be that link, uh, and just get the just release these ball ball to the the front three because I tell you now, in in a season or two's time, our front three is going to make the Liverpool current front three look ordinary if 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 we continue under Arteta and we continue if we hold on to these great players, our front three is going to be quite incredible to be perfectly honest. So he needs to be the person just to release that ball to these guys, and we need to stop worrying about him. Uh, assisting and scoring uh, that's the problem I've got because I don't think he's going to give us that anymore I hope we do I hope we do but he's going to get in the team and we're stuck with him so I think we just need to reassess the way that we judge him personally I mean I agree with you but in the same respect like uh, I think this this, is per- this was his perfect game like I said it I think I said in one of the chats I'm in before the game started I'm like if Ozil's going to play well it's going to be this game just the way Newcastle was set up and the way they played, and even during the game, I was like, "Oh, he's, he's definitely gonna have a good game," just because like we kind of not on, I'm not saying on purpose. We definitely didn't give him chances on purpose, but we kind of let them. Uh, Maxim kind of got in a little bit, started creating a little bit. They started giving our defense some stuff to work on, and then we got like, "Oh wait, fuck! Arsenal left the taking." So they kind of they kind of pushed up a little more towards us, and we feel kind of pushed up a little as well. And Ozil just. Right where, right where he does best. He got right between the field of defense, and he kind of just he, – he did – listen, he did a good job. He linked up play. He made some good moves. Don't get me wrong, but this was the perfect game for him to play. Wow. Just you're, you're playing against a very weak attacking team, but a team that still tries to attack anyway. And defensively, they're not the – they're not like – their goalie's really good, but defensively, they're not the best. Um, and like I said, just they were going to worry about the flanks more than the middle, and they gave Ozil all the room to run, and nobody marked him, which is kind of what the, Ch- the, what the Chelsea game, and I, don't, I forget the other team we played. All they did was just mark him, and then took Ozil out of the game. They didn't do that. They're like, no, we're not going to mark Ozil. We'll let him do whatever the fuck he wants. And mm. that's what happened. That's the thing. No team is going to no team is going to do this to us again. I, I don't. Maybe 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 they think Ozil get off to the retirement home. Maybe they maybe they won't. They'll let him do whatever he wants. But I, this is just the perfect game for him. And I like, and I was kind of annoyed that some of these Ozil people like he's back, he's back. No, 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 no. It's just like the perfect game for him to shine. I'm not saying he's not going to do this again. I hope he does. I hope he, sh- I hope he proves me wrong and shuts me up. But uh, yeah, no, I, it was just a perfect recipe for him to have a big game. And I think it's nothing. Yeah. And also before I let you talk, shout out to Stanley Man. The bias needs to use that man, but it was disgusting to watch. <laughs> If he carries on playing like that, he can have a David Seaman poto ponytail for all oh, I'm concerned. Oh, that's not crazy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> anyway, for those that are listening to the audio and they're not watching live, just want to say a, a big welcome to Rowan Verdi. How are you, Rowan? Have, have I pronounced that correctly? Rowan? 
Oh, he's, fro he's frozen. You mispronounced his name, and now you're like, that's what happens. Oh, we'll come back to Rowan. Unfortunately, if you drop out of the um, stream and try and just join, rejoin, hopefully that will correct your problem, uh, Rowan. But um, yeah. jo joining us I'm late. Oh, oh. oh, hello. Can you hear? <laughs> hi, you? hi, hi there, hi there. I uh, just heard the last uh, like two seconds. So yeah, I'm back. Oh, great. Well, you're you're still frozen on the screen, but I'm glad to be able to hear you anyway. Welcome. Oh, okay. Oh, is it? Uh, I might be frozen, or I'm sitting like super still. Yes, exactly. That's really you're really still. I get you. You're that one. The world champion at musical statues. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, the show. Anyway. Jeez. Thank you so much. It's glad, I'm very glad to have you on board. It's 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 great to be here. Yes. Because I've I've seen a couple of these podcasts, and I and we've exchanged messages. I absolutely love the humor. Uh, so, some, some guys have a real great positivity here, unlike what goes around, uh, you know, with Arsenal fans. So, you know, it's great to be part of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I don't know whether you've caught a lot of the uh, show thus far, but we've been sort of, sort of, talking about the Newcastle game. We're not the, the sort of uh, podcast, as you know, that goes through all the... All the uh, the finer points of the of a match, but we we're just picking out a few areas that we've, we've covered. Any Eddie and Ketia, we're just uh, touching on uh, Sabias as we uh, as you may have heard. But I also wanted to touch on the omission of Guendouzi, and Stan's put a comment uh... on that as well. Now, I <laughs> I think that it's been lost in translation, personally, about this behaviour. Business. I don't know what you think, but when Arteta said that he's, yeah, it, it, a part of it was down to his behaviour. I don't think it's like he's been a very, very naughty boy. I, I, I think it's like he's maybe his attitude and training, yeah. blah blah blah. I don't think it's the way that it's come across in the press. I did, I did have, and I'll just quickly go on, and I'll, I'll let you all talk about it. But I did have an issue with Guendouzi when he first joined. It, he quite quickly had his 18th birthday and I couldn't find many more people that saw this video but Arsenal posted a video of him on his 18th birthday where he had got he was in a limousine and he was leaning out the window like some kind of fucking you know lad on his way to a prom and all these girls were coming over to him and he was like high-fiving and, and sort of fist pumping all these uh, fans That's my and I, I at the time I thought, oh, fucking no, no, I, I, because I genuinely thought at that point he is already Not another Lingard. Yes, exactly. I just thought oh, someone else that's bought his own hype. He already thinks he's made it. And I thought, oh, geez, you know, I really didn't want to see that. That video got taken down and I, I can't find it anywhere now, but it, it was posted by Arsenal. And I don't know whether someone's made them take it down or whether they thought, oh, we shouldn't have posted that. But I saw that and it stuck with me. But I thought that he'd, he'd sort of, um, through his performances on the pitch, which I've, I, I love more and more and more, the more I see it, I thought he sort of put that to bed. But then when I saw these comments about, about Arteta and what people, the way that they've sort of taken those, those comments, there is part of me that, 
I, I genuinely think that it is lost in translation, but there is part of me that is a little bit worried that maybe he is believing his hype a little bit and he, he does think he's made it and he does th- he is lording it all over the people and whipping people's ass with his towel in the changing rooms. So, <laughs> Rowan, am I pronouncing that right, Rowan? Is it? Rohan, Rohan, yes. Rohan, yes, Rohan. What, he was left out of the team, now, I think, and, and the squad as a whole. In the previous game against Burnley, so was Pepe. Right. Hasn't really meant See, anything uh, in the long run. So what do you, what do you think about all these, um, you know, uh, what's been so, happening with him? Of course. I mean, so so, so let's deal with Guendouzi as, as a character, right? Like, he's come in from from absolutely nowhere and nobody expected anything of him really and then he's actually made it because his performances were great uh, compared to the midfield that we had and especially the passion that he showed mm. but the major issue that i had with him at some point was in terms of the performances as well he let it go a little bit too uh, you know, too far at times because it was almost like every fight that was happening, he wanted to get involved. He wanted to show that he's he's Vieira or, or Keen or someone like that, but he's hardly played like six months. So that has sort of happened. And then he started off the season really well and then it dipped off. And that sort of a guy, sometimes the there's frustration that builds up. And that can come out in, in negative ways on the training ground, on the pitch. And especially if you haven't been involved since Arteta's come in, you know, the Torreira, Shaka, uh, you know, uh, midfield has been doing really well. And you never know how he's been responding to that, you know. So, so, so given that, you, you know, and his attitude and his fiery, you know, stuff, maybe he's gone into tackles a bit too hard. When, when it was just training, you know, and that's his passion speaking. But, uh, you know, Arteta maybe expects him to be a squad player, to learn the bits from seniors in the team or from experienced guys like Shaka, you know, as much as everybody would like to make fun of him. I mean, he's really turned it up since Arteta has come around. And maybe that's the sort of issue that, that's come around. I mean, or at least I hope it's more of the passion that's come around rather than him going partying in, in London uh, since, since Arteta is there. Mm. I, th- I think so. I, I don't think that... Um, I, I like to think that it's not the latter. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I, I, he dipped earlier on in the season because... Purely, and I can I can say this with a lot of authority, not authority, that's the wrong word, of course I can't think of the word, but I genuinely think that he, he did because of Emery, and he was given no guidance at all, you know, he was allowed, I've said this before, but he was allowed to do what the hell he wanted on the pitch, and he was desperate, desperate, desperate for a coach to take him under his wing and give him some guidance, because if it had gone on much longer... He would have picked up too many bad habits that he probably would have just stuck with and would be too hard to get out of his system. So I think he's just, Arteta's come in at just at the right time. And I think he's, his management in that way of controlling the, the squad and the players within it is absolutely fantastic. I really genuinely think that um, he knows when to take a player out of the team 
at the right time, he knows when to pop them back in. Because we were all doing this and saying the same thing again, after the Burnley game. Why is Pepe not playing? And he got taken out of the team. Again, with Lacazette as well at the weekend. And he got yeah. taken out, uh, popped back in. And the last five minutes was a different Lacazette, wasn't it? And uh, we all saw that. He was absolutely determined not to lose his place again to Eddie, Eddie Nketiah. And he probably would be back straight back in the team again against the Greeks. So, I, I, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with Gwendozi having been taken out of the team just to put, his, put him back in his place, take him down a peg or two, and I've got no doubts that he'd probably be back in again against uh, against Olympiakos and especially against uh, Portsmouth as well. No, so, come on. Now, I, I, I actually, before when the last came out, before I even knew obviously about this problem, I, I thought this was the worst game for him to play anyway. I, I, I thought he was going to have like a shit game. Uh, just by the way, you got some plays. They don't allow a lot of long balls. And Gaduzi likes the long pass. And Gaduzi really likes a lot of freedom. He wasn't going to get it because I think they were too busy giving it to Ozil. Um, so I, I, I thought Gaduzi was not suited for this game at all. But uh, I, think the, I think the reason why... I, I'm not worried about him and Arteta getting it going off, but... Um, I think he's just not mature. He's the he's the guy in the classroom. When the teacher says penis, he's the one doing like a little schoolgirl. I mean, he's just he's not mature enough. And um, yeah, I mean, you see, I, I forget what it was. There's a video of them in Dubai. They're celebrating something. I don't know, but someone took a video of them at their hotel having dinner. There's like sparklers everywhere. And what do you know? You see, Gendouzi, flowing hair, just fucking his dumbass face, is giggling. We we on a, a table napkin and just act like a complete idiot, and that's just what he does. And then I think he, I think he does that really well, and I think it can help us. Not really having an idiot, but just winding fans up and like being that asshole that we, we desperately need. Why well, I love him so much, but um, we need him, and I think Arteta knows that we need him. But Arteta's like, all right, we need to like calm down because I think. It kind of spills onto the training ground, which is kind of like why there's no need for him to be like that. I think he needs to have some kind of maturity and seriousness when it comes to training because he's he's got to get better. He's not a perfect player. Just because he's an asshole on the field doesn't mean he has to play week in and week out. But um, I definitely think that uh, he needs to get humbled a little bit, and Arteta needs to kind of sit him down and be like, "All right, like you got to work on some things. You can't just be." Yelling out penis and like you know ball tapping players on the training ground. Yeah, like you said, in the locker room ripping people with towels. Like that's definitely definitely does that. I'm not like oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I can see that. And he'd be walking around literally like you know um, uh, Conor McGregor waving his arms like that. Yeah, you know, with, yeah his, exactly. with, with his cock and balls hanging, swinging around doing the willy copter. And I but, love, love work, but with Arteta in there, like we need, he needs, he needs to mature, and I think that'll make him a better player. Like I love his his childish attitude to an extent because I have that. I have I'm like very similar. Penis makes me laugh too, but not the point. Um, yeah, I think he needs some kind of seriousness to his game because he needs to get better as a player. I mean, he's still not there, and I don't, and I don't think he's right now. I don't know if I would guarantee him. I mean, I definitely would guarantee him a place in our eleven right now, but. I think he's right there, and like on top of him being right there, like skill wise, and like the way he, the way Arteta wants to test him tactically, the way he just winds crabs up, the way he winds um, players up, we need that. He just, he just, yeah, I mean, he is 
he is the typical Diego Costa sort of a player who Robbie you Savage. want to play against. Yeah, right. Like you, you, you just don't want to play against him. But right now, with his skill set, I don't think that he is ahead of the pecking order in in terms of getting in the team ahead of Shaka, Torreira. You know, he doesn't have that passing range of Shaka. He doesn't have that see, defensive I, ability I of Torreira. I, I don't know what people see. I'm I, sorry. I, 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 I don't Shaka know if he can ping. I think he's terrible. I mean, Shaka can... It, he has that ability to ping those 50-yard passes on a consistent basis. It's just that he's too slow on it. Guindosi just... I mean, I feel that he plays a lot of small passes. And his main asset is just driving the team along. But... I mean, that shouldn't, if we require an 18, 19 year old to drive Arsenal forward and and to motivate us to win games, then we are in deeper trouble than, you know, personnel that we have, you know. Yeah, listen, just sorry, just one thing. I honestly, honestly, honestly don't think that age should come into anything, any of this because you look at what the way Wayne Rooney was when he was 16, 17 on the pitch. You know, he was. He owned the place already, and I, I don't think that, that his age is anything to do with it. I think that he's, his character and personality just lead him to be able to do that sort of thing. And I, I do agree with you, Ryan, that he's, his um, passing is, is quite an underrated thing. Just look at that pass he did against uh, Tottenham. You know, that, 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 sort of, is better than that was an incredible uh, ball. Uh, yeah, his passes have been so good. And yeah. He, he he's just been he, he needs to be on a leash, uh, and he needs to be more disciplined on the on the in terms of his role within the team. Yeah, exactly. The positioning and yeah, in terms of role, I think he and I think that's why I'm. I think this is like a like, like you said, it's the perfect time when Teddy came in. He needs to he needs almost like a like a kind of like a makeover. And he's it's all right, but you know he just he needs that coaching. He needs that um. He needs that father figure, that dad that's gonna put him on, put him on his shoulders and be like, hey, son, it's it's okay. Because I, 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 that's what he's kind of like with Emery and like just the way he's been like, and it's a little dramatic, but the way he's been acting out, it almost seems like he's like that kid growing up where like he didn't have a dad, so he's just a complete asshole. And then only needs just like an older guy just to be like, hey, like it's okay. He's a lot of years in his life. I think with Arteta, like. Taking him under his wing, telling him what to do, like positionally and just technically on the ball, I think that will kind of like I don't know how to explain it, but it, it'll it'll kind of encompass him more as an overall player, and hopefully he can still like provide that sharpness and that roughness to him that uh, we need for him to wind people up. He's another one as well that I I'm struggling slightly. The way that he fits in exactly to a four-two-three-one under Arteta, I think that he is much, much more better suited to a, a, a midfield three. Yep, yep, I agree. Yeah, and uh, this is the difficulty, I, and I, I do think, and well, I don't, I'm hoping actually. I don't think. I'm just hope that the way that Arteta is playing at the moment is is to complement the players that he's got at his disposal. And I hope that he's building up towards, in his mind, starting next season with getting the squad that he wants uh, to play with a view to playing a four-three-three. I really do hope that, to be perfectly honest. And this lead, leads me, and I'll come to you, Mr. Arsenal Ryan, on this one first. This leads me into my uh, another point I really want to talk about. 
And that is um, when Kieran Tierney is fit. What, because I've got my my definite thoughts on this, about what would you say would happen to the team? Would he come back into the team? And what would that mean to Saka? And what would you do in that situation? And I'll, I'll be back in just one moment. I'll give, give a sh- At this moment in time, I, there's, no, there's no way he can drop Sack at the moment from, from the role he's playing because he's doing doing the job that he's been asked to do. But, and I'll, I'll, I'll take into consideration well the injury that Tierney's had. I'm, there's no need to rush him back. Stoney and Gradually in the odd cup game at work his fitness back in if you have there's no need to do a oh he's our first choice is back now back in the squad you go sort of thing Xhaka's, Saka is doing a perfect doing a perfect job but he's, he's not even in his position either and whilst he's happy playing there getting game time just keep him there for now and he's and let Tierney come back at, at, at a reasonable pace that the injuries aren't going to come back and haunt because we've seen throughout the years not in that just at Arsenal other clubs a key player gets injured comes comes back into training and because they might be a part of the first team they're thrown back in and they get another injury and there's another one and there's another one it's longer term so I'd rather they take their time bringing back integrating back into the squad and, and then when they do bring him back play Give, give Saka a chance in the in the wingers role. Well, yeah, that's what he said. He said that he wants to succeed at Arsenal as a winger. So yeah, but I'm saying there's no rush to bring Kieran back at the moment. No, no, there, no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. No. And once he's once he is ready to come back in, you can still play Zaka, uh, Saka, but give him a test, give him a run at the uh, at the wing at the left wing. Yeah, and, and it, like if you really want to go down to like emergency situations, we do have that guy from Southampton we signed, and really want to get crazy. Mela now plays left uh, left back too, like once or twice he's played. He can do it. If we need him. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to, but but I uh, I think when I was yeah when I was podcasting with uh, Arsenal fans, we were talking about like should our TEDx experiment, and I, at first I was like, eh, like I don't want to get anything too crazy, but then I was. I went fucking Frankenstein, bitch. and I'm like, no, 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 we gotta do all these things. And the one thing I thought of, I didn't say it on the pod, but like, if teams were to come back and Saka still doing his thing, why not play? It's gonna sound nuts. I know you guys don't laugh at me. Why not play Tierney at a back three as a center back? Because he can't play it. He can't play left center back. We need him to. And Saka at the left wing back. That'll just further progress Saka, and that'll that'll further what he wants to do. I and mean, yeah. Left wing, left wing back, tiny, a little bit of difference, but I think this is the season our set to experiment. And I think with our with our talent, even the young guys, I think uh, our upcoming talent, we could still make top five. And yes, top five, not top four. Fuck you, Man City. We can get there. It's it's a t- it's a tough road. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about class match. Whoops, <laughs> he's on the too. I forgot about him. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I, I totally agree with what Stan's put, saying that uh, for me, Tierney has got to come straight back into the team for me. He 
He will go on to prove himself to be a top, top class left back. I've got no doubt. He's also our best crosser of the ball in the squad. Without no, you, Pepe is easy. the best dead ball specialist, but it's different than crossing. When you need to cross the ball on the run, there's no one better than, than Kieran Tierney for me. He's absolutely devastating, and I think that he could build up an incredible um, partnership with both Saka and Martinelli on the left wing. And Martinelli and Saka are both 18 years old, let's not forget, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with rotating them um, in the team. And it'll do them both an incredible amount of good in their development, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, there's no one, everyone knows what I feel about uh, Martinelli. There's no one. That loves him more than I do, and I just want to sit in with him on my on my lap in the evening and just give him a cuddle. I don't um, want the viewers to know what you were texting at uh, one of our chats that we were in after the game. I won't exactly, get but he was saying some pretty interesting things. I well, I, I just want to adopt him to be perfectly honest. And just so you know, because he's such a. But I, I I think that it's right, and Tierney's you just can't ignore Tierney, and I. Who was it that's just put a comment? Um, no, it wasn't Stan. It was, I think it was Tony Turner. Uh, um, yeah, with Saka and Sayad, I'm not sure I'd play Tierney this season. I mean, I don't, honestly, I mean, Tony, I respect your opinions all, a lot. You know I do on um, Twitter, but I just don't understand that comment whatsoever. I, I, Saka has been incredible, but no. I... <laughs> I honestly, especially I think Arteta thinks this as well. He wants um, a proper left back and a proper right back. And he openly said that Saka is not a left back and AMN is not a right back. And he's gone out and bought, you know, um, Cedric, which proves that he's not happy with AMN at the back. And a specialist left back, especially one that's just as talented as Kieran Tierney, I think is very important. And then, then, let's face it, they're, they're two of the most important positions in any team nowadays, are full-backs. So, you need a specialist there, and I think Saka is... All his good work, let's face it, all his good work is done at the, the sharp end of the pitch. Um, so, he needs to be pushed forward and, and just ro- rotated. Uh, it, and it also depends massively on what happens in the summer with Aubameyang and Lacazette. Because if one of those is sold, I've got, I've got no qualms whatsoever with, with just not buying anyone and just using Martinelli to replace. Because I don't... I sell people. I'm excited for summer because that means we are getting rid of some... Well... Trimming that fat, baby. Let me, no, let, me, let, me, let me just quickly say, I don't mean not buying anyone full stop. I mean not buying a replacement for Aubameyang or, or Lacazette yeah. because I don't want anyone to step in on the toes of you know, Martinelli coming through. And uh, he needs to be played as a, as a forward. Sorry, go on, uh, Ryan. No, I just think that we need to sell as many players as we can this window. Just like just hearing us talk about all these different things we can do and then we're forgetting about the last match and then we're, you know, moving Saka, you know, up. We need to sell. There's every, every match day. I, I open playing 11, obviously. But I look more at the bench a lot of times because I want to mm. see who's not in the squad. Because that's a that's very telling, and b it's like we have people that are not in the squad that you can even consider starting. So, like for instance, AMN when Arteta came, AMN was probably one of our best, if not our best player. 
when when Arteta came in. He's not even in the he's not in the back squad now. Um, no. So I don't know what that means, but the fact that that's a thing, like we're gonna sell people this summer. We're yeah. probably gonna sell people more than we're gonna buy. Which at first, if you told me that, like before Arteta came in, I would have probably cut your neck. I, I would I would have been so upset. But um, it, it seeing what they did with Mustafi and Luis, it's it's exciting, you know, to to have Mustafi in the eleven week in week out and not be terribly afraid of like a red card or a penalty. That's mad, isn't it? It's refreshing, and, and he's German, so makes me extra happy. But yeah, so I think that we still need to work on our defense. Don't get me wrong, but I think this summer is more just like clearing out funds and, and you know maybe buying that world class player that we need. You know. Look, did you hear me on the the Arse Brothers Hot Topic show before Arteta like, was even appointed? And I, I went on a rant about our back four. And I, I said at that particular point that um, defending, especially Louise, and saying that any any full, uh, sorry any centre back in world football would look crap with the way that we are set up under our, uh, Emery. Yep, yep. And Louise is not a bad player, and I was backing him up and backing him up and saying, any, um, if the team is set up properly under a decent manager, a decent coach, any sort of bang average defender would be able to look ten times the player that they are because of the way that the team's set up. Because the way that we were playing at that point, there was a massive chasm in the middle of our field, and, and the opposition was just allowed to just run up at our defence. You know, and even Virgil van Dijk would struggle under that kind of intense pressure that against what we had that second half against Watford, for example. You know, it was just yeah. pathetic. 30-odd shots against our goal. Oh, God. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, so right now with the Saka situation, he's in a purple patch and long may it continue. But uh, let's be honest. It's going to dip sometime, you know, soon because he's he's putting up such incredible numbers. So I don't think that we need to worry about that. I think we need to leverage that purple patch for as long as it lasts, and that will probably coincide. That dip will probably coincide with Tierney coming back, you know, mm. and uh, and and Tierney goes in. And in terms of our defense now, I feel that we're quite sorted in in terms of our left and right back uh, the first choice we need depth there in t- in terms of center back uh, we, you know we've signed saliba the, which which, which uh, you know which is a, another question because I, I don't know how much he's played he's played like 15 games this time but we get a stat all the time on twitter that every time he's played he's kept a clean sheet in like 99 percent of the matches that he's played but he's played only 15 games which is itself worrying and the most uh, it's because he broke his foot he broke a bone in his yeah, foot didn't he? yeah 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 so, so he's got to do it on a consistent basis and he's got to you know as long as it's not a recurring injury as long as he does it on a consistent basis he also needs to get used to it but that's one center back and then the second one we've got to seal that second center back david louise is definitely a Good player, you know, he's played it at the highest level for Chelsea. He's won titles, so he's experienced in that way. But he's he's not the future. You know, we need to build for the next, you know, four or five years. And that partnership. I, I, 
I'll tell you what, if we get up on Meccano uh, alongside yeah, Saliba, exactly. I'm going I'm to soil myself. I'm going to soil myself and it's going to be messy. Seriously. I don't but, know if Saliba's going to start for us, though. You think Saliba's going to come into the team and immediately start? I think, he's... I think he probably will, yeah. I honestly think he will. We'll see. Hey, don't, don't, I'm not saying he's good. He wasn't good before we loaned him out. But let's not forget, we loaned out Navarrepanos and he's playing really good. Yeah, yeah I'm shocked, actually. Right below uh, the Bundesliga. But it's too. But he's, he, he, if you see some of his highlights, he's killing it. But at the same time, you want cover, so you don't, you don't want just you want your main, you want your main pairing. Obviously, because you've got injuries at the season, you want, you want, you want, your, you want your backups. And this is open, it's perfect for Macapano to go out, get some game time at first team level, improve himself to Arteta. Chambers like, like last season at Fulham got sent out, got sent out under Emily on loan to come back a completely different looking player. Is that is also uh, yeah, 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 yeah. under Emily there, there was a point to prove, and in the moment it was it, he's continued that up to his injury, he continued that form. So <laughs> it's still it's just all about now getting a four four top centre backs, first choice two and two backups. And just go, and just go with it, Tony. If you see his highlight video, he, he's making some really good, like smart plays. I know he's not playing against the best competition, but and he's not. I, you know, I someone who watches the Bundesliga pretty religiously, and my German team is actually in the Bundesliga too, Stuttgart. I know the level of competition isn't the best, but he's making very uh, smart, very good IQ plays. He made like two goal line clearances. Um, Did you I, see the pace though? The pace he had to get yeah. back—that was incredible. Yeah, that so was that was really really shocking because I didn't think he had that in him. But again, I mean, you could say, yeah, like same thing. Playing all fine, cool. But he's right now he's on loan. He's an Arsenal player, so even if we don't think he's good enough, well. Again, I, sell it. We have so many people we're going to sell this summer. Exactly. I I honestly think that that we've loaned him out to put him in the shop window. I really do. Which I'm okay with, but and again, I'm happy. I'm happy with right. that. Yeah, I'm happy with that uh, because I don't. Unless he, unless he really does step it up and shows that, wow, I mean, God, we can't do without this guy anymore. Then fine, but I, I, I think it's just a smart move just to get him out playing football, just to, yeah, just to advertise him that he's for sale. Because I, fair for him, he had that really good game for us against Man U, and then what happens? We like, oh shit, this guy's good. He gets hurt. He's out for, I don't even know, fucking, he's out for fucking months. Comes back, doesn't look quite right. We don't really know what's going on. And finally, everyone just gave up on him. Like, oh, get, him get him out of here. He never really got back to his full self if he had that injury. So, I mean, we don't know what he's at now. We don't know what he's like. Because now that he's playing supposedly 100%, yes, I know, League too. But, again, it's just it's just, more, it's just more food for thought. More, um, another play that we need to think about going forward. Whether we, even if we do sell him, which, honestly... If we get the right amount of money, I'm all for something. I'm not, I'm not saying bring him back in the team. He should be considered as a, as a, as a, as a uh, starting center back for us. But I'm just saying that we have all these people, all these moving pieces. We need to figure out what sticks, what doesn't. We need to sell and get rid of it, raise funds. Because if we want to get back into the conversation of like potentially winning the Premier League, getting to Champions League, winning Champions League, we need to buy those one or two world-class players. Because right now, like, I think we have a good squad in the top five. But to like win the Premier League, even when Europa seems a little tough, not saying we can't do it, we definitely can do it. But we're not Europa League. We want to be in the Champions League, so we need to buy those best players. And to be honest, 
I know you're going to say Martinelli, but right now we don't have any. I don't. I don't really think about it. He's like on the edge of world class, but we need to really buy like someone that exactly will make you sell your pass engine. And right now we need to raise funds for that. Well, um, I'm. I really, does anyone actually know uh, whether Mari has been named in the squad for Olympiacos? Yeah, he is. I'm, I'm absolutely desperate to see him play, and um, I watched the whole game. Uh, the Liverpool v Flamengo, Flamengo. Pretty good. It was incredible. I, I, I've said it before. I really like Tim Vickery as a pundit, and he is raving about the guy, having seen an awful lot of him. He's been talking about him for the last few months, rather than just after the uh, Club World Cup final. Um, but after watching that game as well, I think he, he did a lot of really good things. And obviously, they only lost the game, kept a clean sheet against Liverpool uh, until injury time. And I really can't wait to see him uh, play alongside David Luiz because I think it could give us an extra dimension well, to our play. Maybe you play Mustafi. <laughs> <laughs> I will never ever come I'm round kidding. to Mustafi being a good player. No, I, I, yeah, yeah. I respect him an awful lot because for what he's done, coming back and showing that mental strength to come back from what he has done, and he's playing well, and I will always say, yeah, he had a really good game, but I will never accept him because of what he can do, and he will. you know that it's only around the corner with Mustafi. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's the thing. I, I said this on Twitter, I think. I, I really, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm defending Mustafi, but I don't think he's a bad player. I know Daggers are coming at me right now. I don't think he's that bad of a defender. I just think he makes that one mistake in the game. No, he's not. He team a goal, which, which obviously is devastating and it could be terrible. And the way we've been playing, like pre-Arteta, like that one goal is game over. But defending, he's smart. He moves the ball well. He he works hard. He just sometimes he tries to make that hero call, make, make the hero attack. You can't. You will never get that out of him. You'll never get the mistake out of him, though. And it would just Ooh, be right. our luck. Right, just don't listen. Just our, just our luck, right? This is Arsenal through and through. We get to the Europa, Europa Cup final. He's had an amazing end of season. And we, we, he gets chosen to play in the Europa Cup final. And he mustafis. And we lose the cup. And we don't get into Europe, uh, the Champions League. That would happen, though, wouldn't it? That that is Mustafi yeah. all over. He he could have between now and the rest of the season, he could have nine or ten out of ten games for the last twelve games of the Premier League season and all the way through the Europa League, and he could even win us the FA Cup. But when it come, the push comes to the shove, and we've got the chance of going to the Champions League, he will Mustafi. No, and yeah, that's why I don't defend him. That's why I. That's the problem. We get do need to get rid of him, and I don't think he's good enough for us. But like, I just hope that teams kind of see that like. He is a good player. He just makes that, like, worst-case scenario, hit the red button, panic, panic, panic decision in the game that'll just screw you. And hopefully teams, like, lesser teams look over that or, or like, an Italian Italian team or, you know, mm. teams where it's, like, not as much of a thing. I just hope that, yeah. I hope that someone comes in and buys him in the summer after the... You know, have a few yeah. good games now in the first team. Now, Rohan, can you read the, what's on the screen there? You can see the the message. Can you answer that for Stan? Because I I I certainly got an answer for that one. <laughs> I I think I know your answer. 
I mean, uh, Mari, I, we, let's see how he plays. But uh, like like everyone's saying here, it's not about buying one player or having one quality centre-back. It's about having, you know, a squad. And, uh, you know, whether Mari plays and Saliba needs some time to, you know, come in and Upekano, uh, he can play or whether there is any other combination. But we need to go for that quality, you know, uh, like we said, you know, let's say, you know, Socrates in some time needs to go, you know, because he's he's in yeah. his third year. You know, David Luiz, <laughs> David Luiz, yeah, it seems like he's already gone. David Luiz at some point needs to go. Uh, you know, Mavropanos, I don't know how good he's going to be. I've seen that, you know, uh, two-minute clip on, on Twitter and on Instagram, you know, where he does the goal line clearance. But it, I can't say that I've, I've watched his games per se. So I don't know how he's going to do. You know, Holding is someone that we haven't spoken about and we were raving about him. I like him and I've I got high yeah, hopes exactly. for him still. I really do. He, he was the guy who who was the ball-playing you know, player before we got, uh, you know, David Luiz and, you know, all of this. And before he got injured, you know, last season, until uh, Manchester United game, which is when he got injured, he was like our most important centre back, so mm. you know he he needs to come back in. But again, you go for the world class players. There's some players who, if become available or if you can get, theoretically, it doesn't matter whether you have a player who's playing really well at the highest level. You know, you just go in and get him. You know, for example, you know, we went and got Abameyang, even though we had Lacazette. You know, and and Abameyang better than Lacazette let's 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 be honest but uh, but but still you know the arsenal like you know move would have been that we have Lacazette we don't need Aubameyang but we went and got him you know so when these players if there's a sniff we've got to go get them i i i absolutely bang on totally agree and i think upamecano is one of those moments where you just got to get it done because if he goes alongside saliba he, they could be on uh, pairing for the next 10 years. Exactly. 10 years they could play together and they could be the centre-back pairing for France for the next 10 years as well. Yeah. And sure. I, I, they must know each other from like the French under, in, um, you know, underage groups uh, growing up. I, I'm sure they must know each other because of they, they've both been within the French setup and um, Clairefontaine school. So... They would strike up a good partnership. I would very much advocate keeping hold of Louise to just to the end of his contract, to the end of next season, yeah. because I think his guidance would be invaluable for them as well. Uh, I think he's yeah. been, uh, from the moment he joined us, I said this when it, uh, uh, in the uh, close season, in the summer, I, when we signed him, I said he could be our captain, and I was laughed out the street saying you can't put him as captain look he's david louise also you can't do it because he's a new he's only just joined us but he's been our captain anyway throughout since he's joined us or in all but name and you can see the the kind of effect he's got on the squad the, the even like the, just the the fun factor he gives you know you've seen all the pranks he's been doing whilst they've been away in dubai but he's his organization as well on the pitch has been there all season but it's only now that people have actually started noticing it because people didn't actually want to look at our defence during under, under Emery and see what they were doing. Um, you know, see, 
but uh, he's been doing it all season. He's been the one organising and shouting and pointing and, and getting people organised on the pitch. Uh, and it, and people are recognising that now. And he's a very important player to the squad. So I still would keep him. And like what you said, Rohan, I, I've got a lot of faith in, in Callum Chambers because I, I can see a very good cultured defender there. And exactly the same as Bellerin. I knew, and people need to realise, we're not going to see the best of him until next season either. Because there's, um, what's his, um, it's Tim Stillman, did a podcast with uh, the Arsenal ladies and he interviewed one of the girls who had had two, I think one or two cruciate ligament problems. And he also interviewed a, a top surgeon who who had done the um, surgery on those players as well. And he said himself, the surgeon, don't expect people to, when they actually start coming back into the team, that's only the start of their rehabilitation. Yeah. And it's going to take a few yeah. months after that to get back to normal. So you need to allow two years. Two years, he said. 18 months to two years. So um, I still see a very, very good defender, a very good cultured ball-playing defender in Callum Chambers. Uh, so I don't want to... Uh, Rob Holding, I mean. Rob Holding, sorry. Um, so I, I want us to hold hold on to Rob Holding. Yeah, well, and hold we've, also, we've also got Callum Chambers, who I really like as well. But he will. Be, he shouldn't be anything really more than a squad player. Squad player, yeah. But we've got a lot of depth. We've got, yeah. But we we definitely need to get rid of Socrates. Hundred percent. He's never been up to this. He's gone. Isn't he like? Uh, is his contract expired at the end of the year? Or is it next year? Um, I think he's got one year left in the summer. I think it was next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, but hold on. I just want to answer Sam's question real quick. I'm not saying no. To, I don't want to, but the question is, if you don't want to buy, you know, who who should we buy? So if, let's say let's Nicola say he plays well, we keep him. Who we like? Who, that money was going to go to who? Like who? I would play? if we don't get up a Meccano. This is my point, and I'll, I'll just very quickly do this, and everyone else can just. Uh, if we don't get up a Meccano, I wouldn't get anyone else. I would put all the money into Grealish. Grealish and part time, of course. And part well, part I'm not being you said one player. I I would yeah, you yeah. know what I think about Thomas Party, <laughs> but 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 I think that in our situation with the squad that we've got, Grealish is actually more important than than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I agree. A tough English captain that has like going to get doozy like qualities. Like how can you not love him? And mm. he, I, it's the only thing that's tough where I. I almost don't think we could, we could ever get someone like him. He's, he's Villa through and through. I can't see. He is, him. yeah. We think I'm really good at maybe, but he like didn't he like grow up? I don't know. All I know is he's a huge he, he was born a stone's throw from the ground. You know, he's always been a Villa fan. But a case of Premier League football, if they went down, that might be what sways him to buy Villa. I'm off now. Yeah, I uh, I think that he'd go to a club as well where he is almost certainly guaranteed a starting place every week. Um, and there's been lots of talk of places like City and blah, 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 blah. I mean, we all know what's happening with City at the moment, but um, I honestly think that he'd be attracted to coming to Arsenal. Um, we're still one of the biggest clubs in the world, believe it or not. People seem to have forgotten that. And uh, yes, we're going through a bit of a downtime, but everyone who's not Stevie Wonder can see that we're, we're actually on massive improvement um, situation at the moment. Uh, and it's an exciting time to join us again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, uh, I'll ask, what do you, because uh, someone brought, I think it was Stan, but uh, what do you guys think of uh, Jonathan Dah we're linked with? I, I honestly don't know the guy. He, I'm, I'm going to stand back from this one. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of hope we get him. Uh, not hope we get him, but I think he's cheaper than Ufumakano, and I think he did the job. He's 6'4". He's, he's so tall. He'd be a tall spender by far if we get him. Um, he's got, I wouldn't say he's fast, but he's very agile. And uh, he's calm, but he's aggressive, which, I don't it, if we're if he's playing our Ted, I think it would be phenomenal. Um be a great buy. I just, I just I I'm not, not sure how much we're gonna pay for him because I, I think he's up there with Ubicano. I think Ubicano's better. If I had to pick, I'd probably pick Ubicano. But if we're getting a discount with Ta, I think I definitely think that's the way to go. But uh, it, again, it just depends on like I think who we buy in the summer depends on who we sell. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know because Arteta says he's already have plans. He already has plans on who we're who we're buying. He's already made kind of the um, the uh, first, you know, calls to the teams and who he wants and how much and all that mumbo jumbo. But I think we need to just sell, and I think based on who we sell, can really dictate who we could buy. Because I think we're at the point now, kind of what I've been harping on for the last like 20 minutes. But depending on who we sell it, we, we just need to get that world class player. This guy apparently has got a 33 million buyout clause, Jonathan Tarr. There you go. I mean, I, I would take that over what? What's Ricardo? 60? Well, he's, he's, he's running his contract out, right? So I think we're probably getting a bit cheaper than that, yeah. Last year, now in, his, in the summer, mm. we might be able to get him. You know, I, I don't know. We don't even dare to think that we could get somebody like a Kulabali, right? Like, he's not even. I don't think he's that good. I don't know he's on his way down as well. He's on his way down. Like, I think uh, he's a better Mustafi. He's, he makes really bad decisions, too. And he's 20, 28 going on 29. Goals, like a lot. I've seen him score way more than I should. For, for a team I don't even want to play, I've seen him score a lot of own goals. Put it that way. But, you know, yeah. I I've got no doubt that for the player's quality... But he's he's just a little bit too old now for me because yeah. we need to look long term and we, if we're going to spend right, sixty right. million quid, I'd much 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 rather go for a twenty year old than a twenty twenty eight twenty nine year old. And this guy Jonathan Tarr, that's he's good. He's twenty four. Yeah. So I've just had a just had a look now just to see how old he is. He's twenty four and he's got a thirty three million buyout clause. But surprised if he gets a lot of game time in the Euros for Germany. Um, I think he'll definitely be a starter by the time. Like I, I, I just can't get out of my head that you need to speculate to accumulate and to spend 60 million quid on a 20 year old who is renowned as being and I've, I've heard this on the um, uh, what's it called Stadio podcast and I mentioned this before that um, the two guys that do that are they live in Berlin they, they're, they're um, German football specialist by far they're absolutely incredible it's a really good podcast I recommend it uh it's not all about german football but they talk a lot about it and they said openly that open meccano has consistently been the best center back in the bundesliga this season 100 yeah, yeah i agree so to get a 20 year old but um a play like that with his kind of size and stature he really reminds me of uh sol campbell a lot in the way that he plays football and even if you have him to go for this guy, Jonathan Tarr, for 33 million, who's 24, I would rather now do what Liverpool did and put all the money on a, a proper, proper 
good centre back now. Pay sixty million for him now when it's it could be literally a, a, like I said, an amazing centre back partnership for the next decade. The only team I, that I'd rather do it now. Goal, the only team that can see less goals in the Bundesliga right now is Bayern Munich at twenty four and Muchen Gladbach at twenty four. Muchen Gladbach still has a game to play. And uh, RB Leipzig is only uh, conceded 25. So their, their defense is, is winning them games. They do have Diego Werner, who I like a lot. I don't know if, he, I don't know if he'll probably fit on our attention now. Um, but we have so many strikers. I'm not really too worried about signing someone with him. But, uh, it's, it's a little bit speculative, isn't it? They're a good team. And it's because he's their best defender by far, Mucano, so. well, it's, a little, it's, it's still a bit speculative. Yeah. Him, him and Saliba. But just, just imagine for one second that they both live up to their billing. They both live up to their expectations. Can you, can you quite imagine how I good that would be? He comes to us. It make, I think it doesn't make sense. We saw him the first year he comes. I can see him like working into the team gradually. It doesn't like, have to be though, does it? If we've got no, them right, in the squad. I just can't envision that. It's like too, too far away. It, it, I don't know. It just excites me a lot. The fact that... How long have we not had a good defence for? For years and years yeah. and years. If we properly invested in our defence, and if we've got... I mean, it's just mouth-watering if you think about it. Bellerin, Upamecano, Saliba and Tierney. I mean, that's probably the best Euro- <laughs> the best defence in bloody Europe. It, 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 on, on, on promise. On promise. Yeah. The crazy part Seriously. Is and our defence is still... Like, since our test game is in the team... Mustafi, Luis, Amen, Bellerin, Bellerin who's not fully fit, and the multitude of left backs we had, and Saka who's playing really well under Arteta. Our defense is good now, and now we're like we're buying a buy, 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 which I'm don't get me wrong, these players talking about, I definitely think we need to buy, but it's just crazy how this was such a concern to us, and then Arteta comes into the to team, and what do we have like three clean sheets already, like. He's done. He's a miracle worker to an extent. Mm. Right? He, he, he really is. Definitely. I mean, I, I really think that uh, you know, defense is because defense is a team, a team play, right? Like everybody's in it together. And there are there are teams that are much lower than us in terms of quality, who do much better than us in terms of their defense. You know, Sheffield United. I don't think that they've got like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they don't have a Virgil van Dijk, right? Like, but their defense has been better than us, you know. Or in the past years, in the in the in the past years, you know, uh, it's been Leicester or someone else, like some of these other teams, which have had, you know, in terms of personnel, not as good, but they've been coached and drilled so well because their defensive midfield has been standing, you know, in front of them and, you know, not letting people just stroll in the park, that uh, that it's been such good organization. And as Arsenal fans, you know, we've been used to good attacking football, but, uh, you know, at least till winger's time. And then, mm. and then the defense was lacking because... We just go bombing. We were we were down a couple of uh, you know uh, a, a couple of goals. We go you know bombing forward, and we concede three, four, five, six. And then now now is the time that we see that oh, if you've got defensive midfielders in front of you, you can probably like actually defend together. You know, and so just, that's why we just need that stardust. Yeah. You know, that Virgil Van Dyke sort of 
you know a player who can really organize really play well when you know the, the there's that one uh, there's that one chance that you need that individual uh, you know skill and and presence of mind that person gives us that but other than that you know we've got the other three or four including leno in defense you know we just need that one more and then maybe i think another defensive midfielder you know because terrera love terrera but he's the only one who's that specialist at our club right now i mean in my opinion you know gundosi can sort of do that <laughs> role but he's not he's not he's not a defensive midfielder and that's the position that we've never had right we're still replacing Gilberto Silva right and right. we've just we've about just done that with Terrera but we need someone else as well you know mm. I, 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 Arsenal fans have been starved for so long in that area that we can't get enough of uh, you know defensive players well this is what I mean and uh, if we I, w- I wouldn't even mind if we did it over a longer period like just literally splash out now the 60 million it would take to get up a Meccano for example and then next, the, the following summer, we go massive on, on the right player to replace Ozil at the end of his contract. I, if, we just need to be buying the right people. And there's one, one last thought on this. And who knows? <laughs> we never, what if, just what if, this Pablo Marie turns out to be exceptional? Who knows? We haven't seen him play yet, have we? So let's give the give that guy a chance because I'm very interested to see what he's like because um, he looks very promising and he he's 26. You never know; he could be the answer, couldn't he, for the next two or three years? So I do trust. The one thing is now, I trust Arteta. I don't know whether Arteta was the real. Uh, person that actually wanted to go after him but it, it, I, I do think that it possibly was because of the, the Man City connection um, yeah. he, he didn't he, he didn't actually cross over with um, uh, Pablo Mari whilst, whilst he was at Mar, uh, Man City, they both joined at the same time but then immediately the next day or, or two Pablo Mari went on, on loan so they I don't think they know each other particularly personally but what I would th- suggest is that the staff at Man City would have put a, a good word in for him potentially and say, look, we did have this guy, I'm sure he knows him, but um, and, and given a good word and said that you should go after this guy because he's, he's good quality. So let's... Uh, let's trust Edu as well. Yeah, right? oh, uh, do, do, you know what? do you know what? I, I, I trust him more now that we've got Arteta because they, they obviously know each other and I genuinely, genuinely think that Edu would do his utmost to help Arteta and support him. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about Raul because I don't trust that guy as far as I could throw him. And uh, I don't, well, I don't, I just don't like the guy. I, <laughs> I, I, I like a lot of what he did in the summer, but a lot of what he's done since with Emery and not, I think a massive amount of my res- the respect I had for him after last summer went immediately when it came out that he wanted to give Emery a new contract um, in the summer. Uh, my respect for him went down the drain at that point. Yeah, and, yeah. and not sacking him when he should have done. Again, you know, it's gone even worse. Um, 
I'm going to move on now quickly uh, because we've been going for so long and I need to finish up soon. Um, just very quickly, I'm going to go around. What kind of team do you think he's going to put out against the Greeks tomorrow? Uh, let's start with you, Rohan. See, uh, I, I want him to put out, uh, you know, our first team, you know. Uh, Ozil's not travelled, so he's not obviously going to be there. But apart from that, I want to go and, you know, win this tie in the first leg. Mm. You know, this is the Agreed. chance that we score a couple of away goals and then, you know, we can handle the, 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 this, this team in, you know, Olympiacos in, at home. But we need to get that lead in, not go in with a dodgy equal score, you know, a low scoring draw or a nil-nil or something like that and create pressure on ourselves because this is our real realistic chance of making it and and i don't think he's going to screw it up as well because no. Arteta knows that that is the that is the real avenue so i want him to go full pelt pick the first team pick everyone who's fit and available who played in uh, you know who played in the the, the newcastle game i don't mm. mind if he uh, you know he he should start lacazette but even if he doesn't it's fine, you know, but Aubameyang probably needs to go up top then and Martinelli needs to go, uh, you know, on the left. That's what I would I would maybe do because another thing right there, a quick one, maybe maybe you guys discussed that, but Aubameyang, one of the most lethal strikers in Europe, sort of gets wasted on the left. So, you know, either, either we do something with that situation to accommodate Lacazette and Aubameyang together or Aubameyang plays over Lacazette for me, you know, or, or something like that, you know. So, hmm. so this, is, this is a combination, but attacking-wise, we've got enough. You know, Pepe, uh, Aubameyang definitely play, uh, you know, either Lacazette or Martinelli, you know, e either way is fine, you know, Lacazette going up yeah. top and there or Martinelli on the left. You know, Ozil's not going to be there, so that that midfield three that you had spoken about, I would I would I would be fine with that if he was mm. to play. Uh, you I, know, the, the, these three, and then our our our, our defense is, is what it is right now. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I, I I wonder I wonder about that whether they will go for a midfield three um, in this game. Ryan, Mr. Arsenal, what do you think? So you had your chance. Ryan, no, I'm just after me. I'm joking. Just give us your brief thoughts on that. What do you think the lineup will be? Do you think he'll go strong? I, will think, I do think he'll go strong. I think he should play Leno, not Martinez. Martinez the last couple of games he's played. Hasn't, to me, you might disagree, look a bit suspect. And I, just Olympia off the way. It's a tough place to go, and I don't want us conceding goals. Because mm. away, you know where away, away goals will be crucial this time in general. I want us to come away with at least an away goal. If we can get a win, 1-0 win, that's great. We come back to the end, that's a yeah. job. Because I know Arteta, who spoke for that, throughout the show, we ain't, we, we're barely conceding. So I would play Leno, just because he has a little suspect. And I, I don't want us conceding goals. I don't want us struggling to do it with last year. I'm not sure he will, though. That's the thing, last, last year on the end we, first knockout now, the way we got back. But, well, we lost on Nilsson, it's uh, Barca Varsov. 
next round, I have to get through that. Ren's away. Got back absolutely fat. We, we should have been out of that time. I don't want that situation. I wanted to go full strength, as, as, as much as full strength as possible. Mm. It's not killed at the time, but at least having an advantage going into the next, into the second leg. Okay, Ryan, what about you? Uh, ask brothers, Ryan. Okay. Um, I wish we could play Leno every single minute of every single game, every single thing, but we're not. We're going to play Martinez. Uh, I'm never actually a big fan of him. I actually, pre- I actually prefer Matt Macy over Martinez, but I won't get into that. Um, I actually don't think we're going to play as strong for a team as you guys think. Um, I think this is a very pivotal point in our season. Um, we play at Olympiacos Thursday, we play Everton Sunday, and then we host Olympiacos the next Thursday. So it's going it, to, this is a critical point where we're going to see if Emery want to have a Emery here. It's kind of like last season where people were like, oh, do we go for Europa or do we try to get California in Premier League? I think we're kind of at that turning point right now, even though Premier League is way farther out of the, out of the talk, but it's still a, a thing. Um, you know, does Arteta go for it? Does he try to put uh, a starting line, uh, a strong lineup? Uh, do, we, do we really want to put Europa on its back and just go for it? Or do we kind of sort of sort of prepare for everything? Not that we put our strongest lineup against everything, but I don't know. I think definitely we'll get some game time. Um, I don't know if Mustafi and Luis both start together. I think he'll split he'll split them up. We'll start one and one. Um, Torreira's not playing. So I think Gendouzi could get a look. Just depend again. It depends on him and Emery. Jesus Christ! I said Emery again. Depends on him and Arteta is, uh, you know, riff. But um, yeah, like I said, it's a very, it's a very pivotal point. I don't think Lacazette and Aubameyang both can start either. I think they split them up too. Um, I was going to say, I do think. I think Lacazette will start because he didn't start. Yeah, one of us will definitely start. Aubameyang will be benched. It'd be like a worst case scenario if you need. Thing. Yeah, but, but why should it be that way, right? Like, why can't we get a lead in sixty minutes and then and then hook him out? Like, you know, it's gonna be tough. We're not gonna. Get, I don't think we're really gonna lead Olympiacos away. It's gonna be, to me, it's a very tough ground to play in. But uh, and what I quickly what I wanted to mention was I was a huge because I didn't. I thought we were gonna bring this up and it be up on the show, but I was kind of pissed about me. I I don't like about me on the left. He's terrible on the left. I kind of watched the game a little closer against Newcastle, and the way he, he was he was out left a little too much for my liking. But the way he played it was that Eddie come kind of tracked back a little bit and kind of did do a lot of hard work while Obama kind of played inside left, and he had a lot more more opportunities, I would say. So I kind of see why he plays Obama in the left just because of his tactics and the way he has Saka slide up the pitch. Aubameyang move over toward, a little towards the center, and Eddie kind of plays a little more to the right and then a little more back. Um, but again, it, it's so but there were times that that I saw him doing one two with the center back, you know, on the corner flag down our side, you know, and that's not where you want Aubameyang. You want Aubameyang, you know, running at defenses, you know, trying to catch them offside. Uh, I agree. That's not what he wants to do. Which I I think Arteta, uh, Arteta I think about him best at exactly that, making runs, running at defenses. But that's not what Arteta wants the striker to do. He doesn't want the center forward to do that. He wants the center forward to come back and do all the work. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that lineup. I really don't. But 
I don't know. I, I just yeah. think we're going to kind of prepare for Everton a little bit because we need to beat Everton. We need three points for Everton and that's that. And I think if I don't, I obviously want to win, don't get me wrong, but I think drawing out of the Atlas isn't worst case scenario. So, we'll see. Uh, well, I, I hope he goes full strength. Um, I really do because... Yeah, we've just got to go for all, every angle this season. But I, if we're going to use Martinez on anything, FA Cup for me. And I would keep Leno yeah. in, in goal for the Europa League and the Premier League for for sure. Um, I, I don't know. what. I'm wondering whether he is going to go 4-3-3 tomorrow. I think that would be a good, good way to go against Olympiacos because it's certainly not going to be an easy game like you guys said it's going to be tough very very tough they're a bit, they're unbeaten this season um they scored a lot of goals and I know it's I know it's not the strongest league in the world but they're not a bad side at all they, they push Tottenham all the way um so yeah I think we've got to go for it but isn't it funny though after the Newcastle game uh, I've, like I said earlier I listened to a lot of the podcasts after the Arsenal game I've listened to a lot today and yesterday and hmm, people are starting to talk about top four and top five. How weird is that? <laughs> you know, I'm not so I'm not so crazy after all, am I? I'm not so crazy after all. Seven points. It's a lot about uh, you know other teams screwing up, right? Like exactly, they, exactly. They just keep us giving us hope, right? Like we should never be seven points away with the season that we are having right now. I know, now. But, we, it, but we are, uh, aren't we? Are, right? We are. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking quite so crazy now. I'm not looking quite so crazy. Now, briefly, and this is the last thing, because uh, like I say, I've been going nearly two hours. So I'm going to very quickly finish up on this one now. And that is the Everton game. Now, for me, I think this is um, massive. I think this is an absolutely massive um, match for several reasons. Obviously, the top four and top five. I don't think that fifth place is going to come into play, by the way. And, and I'm not going to go into that because that's a whole other podcast. But they're going to push the appeal. And the appeal will make sure, as far as, as, as uh, City are concerned, that they have to go into next year's because it's going to, go, it's going to take too long. They've got more money. City have got more money than UEFA. So... They ain't going to let take this lying down. Anyway, so I, I, I think the fifth place thing is, is a, null, a null and void. But with regards to the Everton one, they're on a massively you know, good run. And they obviously took on Ancelotti the same time as we took on Arteta. And people were wondering whether we got it the right way round or blah, 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 blah. I, and this is going to sound like Kevin Keegan. I would love it if Arteta <laughs> did one over on Ancelotti. I would fucking love it. So... It'd be amazing. And that's going to be a tough game because they're in a brilliant run of form. Um, so that's going to be a massive test. And it's obviously Arteta's old club as well. Um, so they're going to seriously want to beat us. And it's going to be such a tough game. It really is. And I can't call it. So I really, really hope that we can turn one over. Because seriously, if we beat Everton... It'll be one of our best results of the season so far in my in my eyes because of the way that we are and the way that we're coming out of this this mini slump. And if, if we beat them, then we could seriously seriously go on a big run because the matches we've got coming up after them are on paper a lot e- a lot easier still. So it could really 
be quite an exciting time as far as I'm concerned if we can beat them and and pick up a a winning run. You want to walk up turn up on Sunday? <laughs> no, why why it's even more important is because next ne- the this coming game week when we play Everton, Chelsea and Tottenham are playing each other. Oh, so mm. that's fourth and fifth. Absolutely playing each other. Yeah. And and that's that's where we've lacked, right? Like this this is a classic match where we we would go and draw this season, right? I mean, every other game there's a fifty percent probability that we would go and draw a game. Like it's not it's not like being mystical or anything, but uh, but uh, you know we need to go there and we need to you know start strong. You know, it's the Arteta derby, uh, and we need to prove that uh, you know we are the better club that he's played for. You know that sort of a thing, but. Uh, you know, one thing that that I don't want to do is sort of try to keep you know legs on both sides of uh, you know uh, on on both ships, right? Like Everton, you know Everton and Olympiacos. Why do we have to choose that we go with one strong lineup and one not, or two like medium? Uh, you know, lineups with with some changes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, these are three games, right? Uh, Olympiacos away, Everton, and then Olympiacos at home. If we do really well in the first one, then we can change people in the second one in uh, in the second uh, you know home leg. Yeah. So then yeah. people can get an off. You know, they just need to push. And I think that with the season that they've had. You know, uh, determination and motivation should not be lacking to go for two games in my, even though it's in three days, to go with that, with that passion and with that determination and to get results in both of these matches. Mm. Yep. So I will say was Arteta just came out with a little, I guess, at the press conference. He just said, because he was asked about, you know, what team he wants to play for tomorrow. And he said, we've had a break of 15 days and we just played one game. So tomorrow I'm going. I'm going to put out a team that I think is best to play. The rest, the rest of the games will take care of themselves. For me, that sounds like we're. Gonna, That's the perfect attitude, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. For me, that's like we're going full strength, which I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I think it's a good idea, but um, I think everything's a really big game for us. Although I, I don't know what it is because I guess I have two good friends of mine that are big Everton fans. I just, I just feel like Everton's our bitch. I like we had a tough game, a zero-zero game against them. I know that we didn't play well. I just think everything's our bitch, and I, I just think that we're gonna beat them. I, I, I I'm not gonna, we're not gonna cruise through them like we did Newcastle, but I just every time, I don't know what it is. Every time we play Everton, I just feel so confident in beating them. I don't know what it is. Sorry, Addison. Sorry, Scott. But I just, I just, I just feel like we're gonna beat them every time we play them. You know, especially with the guys they have, like they're, they're, they're no match for us. And I don't, I, I don't know the teams they beat. I, I'm not saying they're playing bad because. They like I think undefeated in the last like six games, but like Pickford hasn't looked good. Their defense is like struggling with like basic stuff. I just I am not worried about them. I know I'm gonna eat my words, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can't hear you, Andrew. If you're trying to talk, we can't, we can't hear you. <laughs> oh, Andrew, we oh, can't man. hear you. <laughs> Poor Andrew. And he's just still talking. I love it. Can he not hear me? Oh, yeah. He, he, he can't. We should <laughs> make <go>. a separate. <laughs> I'll, just talk, I'll just talk over Andrew because he can't hear him. 
but no, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe you guys feel differently. I just think that we, I don't know. I just feel like we own Everton. Even when it's a close game, I just, I'm always yeah. confident. I don't know. No, we generally do. Like, we generally, like, smash them up. But then, uh, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you just remember those games that, that that they've turned up, you know. That was, yeah. I think, Everton was the was the game that began Mustafi's downfall, wasn't it? Like that was. <laughs> I'll just, I got some sign language for you, buddy. Yeah, I got some sign language for you. No, I agree. I, and I also just, I just think Arteta knows his former club, and I think he's just going to bring it to Everton. I, I, just, I think he's prepared and he's ready. And I, I also don't rate Ancelotti as a coach, so it's we'll see. Okay, since Andrew is gone, <laughs> Leipzig have got a penalty against Tottenham. Oh, yeah, I'm not like, talking with you. We cannot hear you. I promise. We literally can't hear a word. Like I can't. Like I'm really not trying to be funny. I literally, we literally can't hear you. It's like you put yourself on mute. Oh, now he's gone. <laughs> not, he kicked me out. <laughs> and you're back. Oh my god! I heard you say I got the power, but like I barely heard you say I got the power. Like yes. very low. Leipzig. Oh, Leipzig scored. Let's go. Was it was it uh, Timo Werner that scored? Yeah, penalty. Yeah. Uh, steps up to blast it past Luis, apparently. Come on yeah. in. Well, that's eight goals. Got this. I believe. Anyway, yeah. I'm back. Oh, you're back. <laughs> I just uh, I just wanted to try it without my headphones because I'm really disappointed to hear that uh, or read rather that. We've had problems all show, so that's really pissed me off um, with regards to echo and, echo. you know, robotic voices. So I'm going to finish off now because that's, uh, that's really annoyed me because I'm, I'm going to have to get back onto Sky about this. But what gives me confidence about Everton, the Everton match, is that we drew nil-nil with them uh, when we were under Freddie Jungberg. And they were playing well at the time as well under Duncan Ferguson. So <laughs> fingers crossed. We are um, going to go and win. But that would be a massive thing. I really, I can't stress enough how important it will be to go on a, uh, you know, to win two or three games on the trot. I mean, that, that's going to be massive, 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 massive. And I'm so pleased to see that Leipzig have gone, a, have gone ahead as well. Yeah, so that's fantastic like, news. And then they're, they're, they're not playing Upper Meccano or Canate no, today, no. apparently, are they? Yeah. yeah. So that, I think that's the, the reason is that they're in our office talking to Raul. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a Chelsea guy. What's his name? Ethan Apapadu. Got the dreads. I don't know. Ampadu. Ethan Ampadu. Yeah, he's supposed to be a up and coming young guy. I didn't know he was. I know why took out him. Yeah, he's a good player. Pixelated David Luiz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And by the way, Andrew, I don't hear it echoing anymore. So whatever you. Do, oh, good. I hear, I hear everything's fine now. So, so oh, oh, that's great. As I said, that I heard echoing, but very, but very little, very, very little. Well, it's it's really annoying because I never, I never had this for the, until the last two or three weeks. So, I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'll just need yeah. to put my computer was, in the bin and get a new one. Yeah. It was a bit distracting because when I started speaking, I could hear myself, and then I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> oh. You should have said I would have removed you from the stream. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Anyway. <laughs> but, no, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna go because it's a uh, it's uh, it's a shame about that about that these uh, technical problems I keep having week after week now. Um, but I, I've really really enjoyed this show. Actually, I think we've um, 
had a really good discussion. I do appreciate you all coming on. Uh, thank you to everyone in the chat box. It's, it's been fantastic this evening. Uh, really, really good. Thank you to, to you all. Please give us a like before you go and tell your friends about us. Um, those that are listening on the audio, please give us a follow and give us a five-star review on iTunes. I don't actually know whether we've had any of those uh, yet, but it really would help us to spread the word about the, the podcast. So join us again next week. Thank you again. Thank you, Ryan A, Ryan B, and thank you, Rowan. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you all on board. Thank you yeah, very much indeed. Yeah, definitely. Very quickly, how can I get hold of you, uh, Rohan, on social media? Uh, my Twitter handle, it's Rohan underscore Vidi, uh, V-I-R-D-I. That's 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 where I'm at. Uh, you know, talking about Arsenal, etc. And people can see you on some AFTV sometimes. International oh, yeah. Gooners, so, is that right? International Gooners, yeah. So I'm 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 generally there on AFTV International Gooners as well. So this is the the video for those who don't know. This is the video for people who are not in London or going to games, but you know because I stay in in New York and, uh, you know, watch games early in the morning or yeah. in the afternoon. So, yeah, so we give our reactions and then that's that's on AFTV, International Gooners. So, yes. I think so that's, why, that's why they chose the really clever name International Gooners, probably. Yeah, so exactly. it's very, very smart of them. Uh, <laughs> There's a couple of people from, from England as well, so... Uh, now, do you get Glenn on that one? Glenn D I T M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn, Glenn's there as well. Fantastic. Glenn's the star. <laughs> uh, he's a, well, yeah, you know, he's my brother from another mother, as everyone knows. <laughs> Ryan, uh, so, Ryan, thank you very much for coming on board. I, I uh, Ryan, with with Glenn, with Glenn, just just a funny one that with Glenn, we we went to see the Manchester City game. That was when troops was in 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 New York, and we there was there was this big Arsenal crowd that was there, and we had a blast with with Glenn there, and Glenn and I were just hanging out together, and uh, it was it was it was great. But at halftime, he was like, I can't take the shit anymore. So he had to go back. Like, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Sounds like Glenn. <laughs> was, uh, was his Wookiee with him on that occasion? <laughs> no. Right. Well, Arse Brothers, Ryan, please watch the Arse Brothers. Listen to the Arse Brothers. It's a fantastic um, podcast, as I mentioned before. Thank you for coming on board. Yeah. And Mr. Arsenal Podcast. Everyone yep. knows about Mr. Arsenal Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to this one. Make sure you subscribe to and the Ask Brothers as well. I'm not going to say about that, about AFTV, because everyone subscribed to them already <laughs> in the whole of the Southern Hemisphere. So good luck with that, Rowan, and hope to you come back on again soon. And thanks, everyone listening, everyone watching, and... Good luck to the Arsenal tomorrow night and on Sun. Well, is it Sunday? It is Sunday, isn't it? The Everton game. Yeah. Come on, you Gunners. Thank you for coming. Come on, you Gunners. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you.
We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Where YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye! Thank you.